Matthew Hoppy and Hoppy's in for Schalke. Magnificent finish. Amina Reeks run meanwhile here. Looks for Hoppy again. Oh my word! You cannot write this kind of script. Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. This is episode 124 of Schalke America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me on the show, as always, co-host Jack Mangan. How are we doing tonight, Jack? So is this going to be a thing where you have a different character that you unveil every week? <laughs> Maybe. Last, last week it was Schalke Jesus. Now you have the, you know, the little shawl going on, a little Schalke monk action. <laughs> If it if it continues us winning, why not? <laughs> yeah, I had to get off that monkey off my back, which is my hair apparently was weighing me down, weighing the club down apparently, and uh, cut my hair before the match. And look at that, we win. Look at that, it must have been me the whole time. Yeah, the uh, the collector's item, the Royal Shock of Victory, uh, wasn't super convincing. Certainly not as convincing or decisive, I guess you would say, as the uh, the match against Hoffenheim earlier in the year. But sure. we'll take as many of these as we can on our farewell tour from the Bundesliga here. So um, yeah, certainly a, a brief moment of uh, happiness for the fan base in uh, in the midst of a pretty dreadful last year or so. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, you know, what we've been saying over the last ever since pretty much relegation has been obvious that it was coming um is that end the season strong right uh give us some momentum going into next season and despite the bundesliga there's no delusions now by anybody that it, that's where we're going even ralph fairman after the game you know had his uh, uh i guess comment to the fans saying you know hey you know we know times are tough we're gonna be in second division next year but you know keep the faith and we're gonna keep trying to win hard and play hard for you guys and you know stay supporting us so i mean everyone's resigned to that it's obvious right now um Before we get too doom and gloom with the uh, next season, um, oh, I see Dirk is in the in the crowd as well. Dirk got a haircut as well. So yeah, we both got a haircut. We both cut off our long hair. I think that's what it is. Long hair is out for 2021. It's all short hair. I don't know what you got, Jack, but my hair is. I wanted to buzz it really, but anyway, enough about me. Enough about me. Um, let's get into the game because uh, this was uh, an interesting game uh, from the get go. Uh, the lineups was the one that's really kind of. Uh, started this one off for us. Uh, I mean, look at look at the opposition first. Uh, Ginkiewicz and, and goal. Uh, they had went with a four-two-two-two formation. At least from what I saw from the beginning. Obviously, things changed during a match. But uh, in the back four, they went with Gomni Udukai. He's the guy who's uh, had the famous uh, header with uh, Mark Ut. The guy get injured, not intentionally, of course, and then also injured. I think. Uh, Mascarell as well in that game. Um, partnering with him is Guvelev and Framberger in defense. And then uh, the two holding midfielders, if you will, would be Cruzo and Kadira. Uh, old friend Kalajiri was on the on the pitch as well as Vargas, who was very dangerous in this one. Uh, and then up top, you had Han and Richter. Um, with the opposition, I mean, obviously, Richter or Richter, however you want to pronounce it, uh, he was going to be the dangerous man always. But always also the guy you got to look out for is our, a former Shaka player, Kalajiri, huh? Yeah, Caligari out there. I, I think I would agree with you um, in terms of Vargas presenting a threat down the left-hand side pretty consistently. They were sending him at, at Iden's direction, um, so that was definitely a kind of a point of emphasis for them. Um, and from the Schalke perspective, it's 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 exactly what you want to see at this point, in my opinion, because th this lineup has Iden in it, has Timo Becker in it, Malik Chow, Chan Bosman, all of those guys who you would expect to be. Uh, I mean, maybe we, we don't know as much, you know, Iden yet because this is only second really appearance for us, so certainly less of a sample size for him, but potentially him as well. And all these guys figure to be big contributors next season in the Spider Bundesliga. Um, so absolutely get them into the mix 
you know, uh, as much as you can alongside guys like Serdar and Harit and Huntelar and, and Mascarell, who I thought was actually pretty good in this game. Um, and he's another one of those players that, you know, I'm always kind of hot and cold on. Uh, in times it frustrates me, times I kind of like what he's doing. I thought this was a good game for him as well. Yeah, it was uh, the lineup for us was certainly interesting because obviously Ralph Fairman back back from injury, so uh, he kind of is going to take back the helm of from Frederick Renov, especially because Renov is is a backup goal or I should say a lone lone goalkeeper. So uh, made sense that Fairman was back. Uh, Becker and Tiao made sense in the back three, but uh, Sambuli, you know, so leaving some must to uh, much to be desired. Uh, we'll get to the bench here in a second, but you know, as you meant, Iden and then Uchipka on the wings, and you had Bazdu and Mascarell Serdar in the middle with Huntelar and Harit up top. Um, so some things to note: Sambuli obviously in defense, um, Bazdu in the lineup as well, and then also on the bench we had some names we hadn't seen in a while: Paciencia, uh, Salif Sane is back in the action, Mustafi back, and Kareem uh, Chalanalu uh, resigned to the bench in this one. Jack, uh, overall thoughts on on the on the lineup? Uh, Certainly had some good moves, but also some moves that you're like, huh, I wonder if this is going to work or not. I mean, it was pretty similar to what we saw last week yeah. uh, in terms of the shape and everything. Obviously, Stambouli in there because of the injuries. I mean, Sané is coming back, but, you know, we, we had uh, Nastasia and Sané had been unavailable, and then Mustafi was removed from the entire matchday squad <laughs> uh, last week for football reasons. So, um, yeah, I mean, apart from Stambouli being back there, which, once again, is not my ideal thing, I think for the most part I'm, I'm fine with what I saw and, and – um, it's nice to actually look at a Schalke, I mean, within reason, but it's nice to look at a Schalke bench and, and have there actually be, you know, four or five players that you think um, on their day could be good enough to be in the starting lineup, um, just kind of depending on who gets picked. So, because uh, there's been times this season with the injuries and everything where you look at the bench and there's like one or two guys that you're like, yeah, that'd be worth substituting on and everyone else is just kind of filler right. and you're kind of hoping they don't really even get get the minutes. So, um, yeah, maybe if we get everyone healthy, we can kind of finish up strong here, hopefully grab another result or two if we can and, and at least you know give a good account of ourselves on, on the way out yeah because uh this this win was important uh, mostly for motivation and, and getting us into good form going to next season i mean uh did the mathematics and you know officially we could be uh officially relegated on match day 30 which is two two days away um or had we lost this game would have been the next game after this so at least we still saved off relegation for one more, more, more week. Um, but I think overall the lineup was was a good one. I mean, um, you know, Chan Bazwan who got into the lineup, uh, did some things nice. Huntelar, who arguably our best player last game, uh, showed again why he is class. And I, I mean, with a C, not you know, with a K, like his name. <laughs> uh, but there's so you know some good things. But I think by the by the team overall, I, I like the combination play that we'll you know we'll get to between Hari and and Huntelar in this game. Um, Becker and Tiao continue to impress as Raul had a really great game, I thought, overall. Um, so, overall, I was, I was happy to the game, happy with the game. We knew Mark Oot was going to be back, at least potentially in the lineup. He didn't make the bench, but, um, you know, it's good to see that he's healthy again. And uh, we're slowly getting healthy again. It's, I mean, it's the end of the season here. Just finish on a strong note, I think, and this is a, a good way to start. We've talked how last week we started to do, see some progress, right? Um, wasn't the greatest, but it was some progress, and I think maybe this week is even a step even further. Further because we scored, and we didn't give up a goal. <laughs> and, and just to make sure we're on the same page, like because I did see one or two people being like, you know, I kind of like our schedule here at the end of the season. Like, yeah. we're, we're 13 points behind the uh, the playoff Next. spot at this moment, so yeah. we would basically, I mean, essentially, you're you're in all likelihood looking at having to win five of the next six matches, and then simultaneously hoping. That you know, Bielefeld and yeah, Bielefeld and Cologne are, are dropping like all of those games. So, um, yeah, we're not concerned about survival. We're just yeah. concerned about 
you know, getting some of the younger guys who are probably going to be um, significant in the squad next year, minutes now, and then also just, you know, putting in some good performances, laying down a structure, especially if Gramatis is going to be the manager um, heading into the fall. So there's that continuity. It's, it's, it's actually important then to try to him um, install a system and a, and a tactical plan that he can potentially build on going into next year as well. Yeah, and I mean, as of right now, we got a good core of youngsters that have been getting some solid pitch time, I think. You know, obviously, Timo Becker, Malik Teao, uh, Chan Bazuan starting to get some play time now, Aidan uh, lately, as well as Chalanolu. Um, Hoppy, if he stays with the team, he, he's, he's likely to be mixing the fold. Um, and then you'd probably look at some other youngsters from the, uh, from the uh, Kanapenschmiede as well. So it's good stuff in that regards from... From Gramozzi, so you almost kind of wish Huntelar stays another year, really, uh, just the way we've been playing the last couple of games. But uh, getting to the action, uh, the, one of the one of the youngsters that we you know we talked about, Bazduan, uh, he he gets off a, a cross into the box that usually Ginkiewicz, who's really solid and reliable, uh, somehow unexpectedly you know coughs it up to our our fortune. Uh, and luckily, you know, birthday boy Swat Serger, 24 years old, pounces on it, gets a goal early. I mean, that was a huge, I think from a mentality standpoint for us to get on the board early as opposed to going down early, right? Nice to see Boswan getting into that kind of area again because he he had some nice moments in that part of the pitch last game. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not a particularly good ball in from him. No. And it, it's, yeah, it's a random and, and freak mistake from the goalkeeper. And like you said, luckily, Serdar's there to, to mop it up. Uh, nice little uh, gift wrap birthday present for him uh, on, on his birthday, so... Yeah, I was uh, I was just getting set onto the game. I was on a goal score. I'm like, what happened? Oh, oh, good, we we score. What? What happened here? So I had to watch that replay. I had to re- rewind to see what happened because I'm like, how did that happen? Like, how did Ginkiewicz misses and it just a blunder it happens. And then of course, wouldn't you know it? We scored no more goals the rest of the match, and, and rarely looked like we had that many of them uh, in us. Which is why I'm gonna once again just temper expectations a little bit on the back of this yeah. one because yeah, we got you know we got the victory, but um, still, I think you would say. Augsburg probably had the better of the balance of the chances um, overall. Yeah. Maybe not significantly, but slightly. Um, and it's not as if you know we we had um, a number of, of, of strong opportunities that we just missed for whatever reason. We're still in that position where um, it, when it gets to the crucial moment in the final third, that last pass isn't there. The wrong decisions getting made. Things are slow. But um, I, I do think that uh, the player that you mentioned already, Huntelaar, has been instrumental in, in calming things down a little bit in that area, and his he's, his his hold up play and his ability to connect with people is, is has certainly been useful in the last couple of matches. Yeah, I mean, of the opportunities that we had in this game, majority of them came from Huntelaar. You know, either getting the shots off himself, people finding him, or he's sent people up. Uh, there was a play early on, I think that you know, uh, first Augsburg got an offsides, and Ralph Fermin ended up clearing Oli down to Huntelaar, who gives it right to Harit, back to Huntelaar, back to Harit. Uh, and, you know, that guy was very close to getting scored and had some several opportunities as well. Uh, Huntelaar had some chances here and there. First half, we start off, as always, it seems like the first 30 minutes are, are good. And then as the half came to an end, we you can see Augsburg slowly get into the match, more and more possession. And we struggled to you know, see out that first half. Luckily, it came when we did because I think if they had you know, a couple more minutes, this could have they could have resulted in a goal. Uh, but one nothing, and I think, uh, you know, that's... An improvement from what we've seen, I think, but uh, we needed that halftime whistle there, Jack, because uh, Augsburg was starting to tilt the field towards the direction. Yeah, the first 15 minutes, I think, especially were pretty strong from Schalke. Yeah. Um, press, some, right? Yeah, that, but also just some some competent offensive play. There were a couple different moves that that required um, you know us to string multiple passes together, and yeah. there were some uncharacteristically smooth offensive plays um, <laughs> early on. Um, this is not high level 
uh, in terms of, uh, you know, like good insight uh, analysis analysis here. But this is this is the one thing I'll say in terms um, in terms of the impact that Gramatis has had. Uh, Schalke are and we talked about this a little bit last week in terms of, um, you know, players arriving at the same time to put pressure on people and, and kind of coordinating a little bit better in that way. But, yeah, it's so much easier to discern the shape of this team at the moment. Um, and some of that's maybe just the opponent that we were playing, you know, they're not pushing us out of position as much, but so, so often over the past year, you, you look at any particular snapshot and it's, it's difficult to tell what the system is supposed to be for Schalke because the spacing's wrong. The discipline's off people out of position. They're bunched up all kinds of things. And it, it's much easier to, you know, w- when it zooms out, get, get a pretty clear picture. It seems like people are holding position better. They're working with each other They're in and, and that kind of organization, I think has been evident, even if it's not necessarily leading um, to any sort of, improved offensive output, which has been one of our big deficiencies. But I, I do feel as though um, structurally and, and our ability to possess the ball in midfield, everything is, is definitely improved over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I think I'd have to agree with that. Uh, you can really see it in the second half, especially when, you know, Hoppy ended up coming in the game for you know, Huntelar and Harit. Um, you could see that he was really – the structure there, they're obviously trying to hold hold ship there for the last you know few minutes of the game. But um, – you can definitely see the structure is definitely better there. They're they're a little bit more disciplined. It seems like I mean they're not creating opportunities offensively, but we're starting to see some of those pressing and some some good stuff. It's just not all coming together yet for a full ninety. I mean that's as close as we came to a full ninety so far. Um, you know the second half started. You know Augsburg started with the pressure again in the second half. Uh, Richter had a couple opportunities. Had a, a sensational overhead bicycle kick that uh, had he squ- I mean he was going right on target. Raul had a great save on that. Um, you know, and they kept they kept coming in waves. We had some opportunities as well. There's a, co- there's a couple opportunities I can't remember off the top of my head who exactly had them. Uh, I think Sarah Mary had one, Harit maybe in Hotelar as well. Um, the the commentators had made a comment that uh, commentators made a comment <laughs> that as uh, as they tend to do, they tend to do right once yeah. in a while. Um, that Sarah was maybe potentially the man of the match because he had scored the only goal. I tend to disagree with that. Not that Sarah played, you know. Didn't play great. I think he had. This is one of the better games in a while because he. We had been very critical of how he's been playing as of late. Um, he had an okay game, but I think uh, again, Junto are showing his class um, that he was a cream of the crop, and you know you can tell he is a class above everybody else with the way he can hold the ball up, the little things he does. I mean, Harit looked so much better in in the last two games with Huntelar versus anybody else. It seems this season, and so um, nice to have him back. And that that'd be my pick for man of the match. Uh, who would your who would your pick be? I mean, Ralph is Ralph is a, obviously a, a, another close choice. Who would you pick? I mean, yeah, Sandor gets a shout. Uh, Hunflar gets a shout. Mascarell gets a shout from me yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, like once again, I was impressed with him in this one, uh, which I also thought was interesting because so so often this season uh, we've had a, a, a you know multiple defensive midfielders kind of in a partnership back there and this was one where he was kind of the lone man patrolling things then the, the combination of Serdar and, and Bozdawan in possession are often pushing up higher together yeah. um I don't know if that affected his, you know Mascaro, how, how Mascaro performed in this one but he seemed to be doing better than he often does when he's um with somebody else for some reason anyway um Serdar the one what I will say about his performance I, I do think it was obviously better than last week when I was pretty pretty critical of him the goal doesn't do much for me just because i mean yeah he was there and good for him and he finished it but it's not you know like a particularly right. great great goal that he scores um he i mean he still had some moments though i mean i can remember one in the second half i think where um he receives the ball and he has both harit and huntelar in the box in front of him making runs and he could play the ball to either of them and instead decides to shoot from probably like five yards outside the box doesn't get it on target and both of his teammates were 
pretty upset with him and rightfully so those kind of things Th- those decisions are always frustrating um he was the most pressed player from what i saw in the, in the match by augsburg so we had a lot of pressure in this game on him and and, and i think he handled that relatively well he certainly be, seemed to be able to get out of trouble um in transition better than he did last game had a couple nice switches of play and some outlets a little bit more efficient yeah. in terms of his movement where he was you know yeah. doing too many spins and stuff previously and dribbling into trouble so um an improved performance if that's if that's that game should be the baseline for Serdar. Yes. He wasn't, he wasn't spectacular in that match. He was no. good. He wasn't spectacular. But yeah. like, that should be the baseline for Serdar. That, that's the kind of player he is. And, and that's why we're frustrated with the time. Is like, that's an entirely reasonable performance for him to be able to replicate, replicate on a fairly consistent basis, I think. I agree 100%. And, and yeah, you're going to say that you know, oh, the team's struggling, everyone's struggling, so he looks worse. I'm like, sure, but you know, the better players should step up, you know, at least. I mean, there's no excuse. Huntelar's been playing lights out. Obviously, it's two games. But, you know if you're a better cream of the player, you should be able to have a more consistent baseline, higher baseline than everybody else and be able to hopefully bring some other people with you. Uh, it looks like Glenn's in, Glenn's in the, in the, in the chat here says, um, Ral saved our bacon, stopping the overhead kick also believes he saved two on one opportunities from Augsburg. Yeah. He had, yeah. I thought he had a really great game. Uh, he also come in Serter faced 91% off the Augsburg pressure. Yeah. Uh, Augsburg, you know, was trying to target him, but he did very well. I thought overall to your point, something else we talked about last week that we continued again is, is, Huntelar just yelling at people, <laughs> which which I continue to. The guy has the right mentality. Absolutely, Huntelar has is the kind of competitor that you want on your team because he's he's getting upset with the officials when they're making decisions that he's that he doesn't like. He's being vocal about that. He's he's calling for passes all the time when he thinks he should be receiving them. He's letting people know. He's he's constantly. I mean, he's talking to his teammates, and I have to hope that um, they're absorbing some of that. And um, I could be reading way too much into this, but like. I felt like there was even like a body language thing from like Harit when he's in a partnership with, with Huntelar, yes. just maybe the experience and sort of the reputation of Huntelar. Like it feels like Harit is, um, some swagger was back. Yeah. He, he, it seems like he has maybe a little bit extra motivation, maybe slightly more focused because of who he's playing with. Yeah. Um, and he, he wants to have a good account of himself. That's entirely speculation on my part. And I could be imagining that, but I, I feel like I've noticed that a little bit as well. I'm not, I, 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 I see that for sure. Uh, you know, when those two, those, Three games that Hoppy had a really fantastic run. Harit was looking similar as well, you know, he because uh, Hoppy's obviously fantastic and Harit was had confidence going. But there you saw in this the last two games how he has it seemed like his play has gotten better, right? You saw today or this weekend, this last game, is in particular like the give and goes. You saw him start doing some of the feints that he did before and taking guys on one on one versus two. And uh, to your point about about uh, Huntelar, you know, screaming for the ball. After a while, Harit started getting in his head. He's like, okay, I'm going to keep giving the ball to, her, to, to Huntelar. And you started seeing that more and more. You know, they, they kept trying to find each other, which is good. You know, good players try to tend to find each other and play give and goes all the time. And, you know, it results in uh, good plays. So, uh, absolutely. No, I loved it. And I also, you know, I noticed, you know, after Huntelar came off, he was one of the l- loudest people cheering after they won, you know. So, you know, that's the kind of mentality, to your credit, uh, exactly what we need. And uh, it was also nice to see Gramozzi's. Uh, really, you know, pumping the guys up, you know, at, towards the end of that game when we needed some extra motivation, he's out there yelling and giving the guys some, uh, um, some, some proper, you know, words of encouragement, I guess, to keep going. Uh, that was nice to see, and he was getting fired up as well for a certain a lot of calls too. So that was good. Azamoa was was fired up as well on yeah. the bench. Uh, Buskins as well. So that's good. Now, it's all good signs. I mean, we celebrate like we won the Champions League, but uh, it, we hadn't won in a while. There's a second win in 2021, second win of the season. So um, yeah, it's uh... no a, a performance they can feel good about. I'm yes. not saying that we like definitively deserved to win the match, but we were right. absolutely 
fairly even match. We were in that. We had it. We had chances that we could have converted. They had chances they could have converted. Um, yeah, I, I I feel pretty good about that, and and I don't think it's ridiculous that they were celebrating the way they are. I mean, you gotta they gotta take what they can get at this point. Um, and I loved I loved some of the comments that Huntelar made. If I saw the proper translation, but basically like. Um, you know, we got this one and now we're going to go out and we're going to get another one. Like just very matter of fact, yeah. like, like this is the first one and now we're just going to keep going. And I, I, I mean, I love that. whether or not they're going to be able to back that up, I have some doubts, but, uh, you know, it, it is, it isn't the worst schedule then the season. And if they no. can kind of keep this momentum, who knows, they can, they can get a couple draws, a couple wins, you know? Yeah. Until I was basically saying that we're taking this one game at a time. Let's go to the next game and take a win and keep going from there. Um, that's it. That's a, that's our only focus at the moment. And so that's a, that's the way to approach it, really. Uh, Glenn says, uh, "Would love Huntelar to come back for at least one more season with us. He can be our Claudio." Yeah, I th- I thought I saw something in the past week where where there were some conversations happening about that. Like somebody was at the club was trying to convince Huntelar to stay for another season. Or like I mean, Gelson Kirshen is near Amsterdam. It's close to his home. I'm just saying. But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, I, I would love to see. Yeah. I think he would be great. You know, great understudy or, or teacher mentor for all the young strikers we have um i don't expect him to play 90 minutes even though now he looks like he can't play 90 minutes uh per game, yeah, I mean, but... he, he's not gonna stay healthy i mean he's no. yeah if, if he comes back for the season he's not he's not like he's gonna be available every game for the entire season or anything like that but yeah he, he's a guy that yeah just his presence and experience you hope can it can help settle things down and, and and bring give something to some of these young players that are coming through it's certainly a boost, if not on the pitch, also in the locker room as well. We say we see a similar thing with uh, Ibrahimovic in Milan. You know, he's you know 57 years old or however old he is, uh, but he's got that. You know, not, he's talented on the pitch, but also you know brings up the young players and, and how they learn through him. So hopefully with Huntelar, we get something similar to that next year. But we'll see. I mean, all indications are he's still going to retire, but uh, we'll you know hopefully maybe someone can convince him. Maybe his kids can convince him to keep playing. Who knows? Uh, Jake says at the risk of being a wet blanket in the room, but most of our top performers won't be with us next season. That's, that's very, that's very likely, uh, thoughts on how we'll compete next season with returning players. I mean, it's going to be youngsters. Yeah. That's what we were mentioning earlier in the show is just the number of players in the lineup. Iden, uh, Becker, Chow, Boston, all getting minutes. Um, yep. and that's, that's what we want to see because it, it, yeah, I mean, the likes of Serdar, Harit, those kind of people are less likely to be with the team next season. And, um, it's probably going to be the younger guys, the guys that are more recently in the first team from the Canapish meter, they're going to be the bulk of the squad or the backbone of the squad. So, um, Get them as many minutes as we can from here on out, because the results—I mean, the results don't matter at this point anyway. We're, we're going down, so. Yeah, and of the of the veterans that we have that may stay, it's probably the ones who who've been with the team for a long time. Fairman, right? You you expect Fairman possibly to stay, try mm-hmm. to bring the club back up, and maybe some other ones here and there. I don't know about Stambouli, but you know, there, there'll be a few I think that'll stay. Uh, you would think Mascarello will probably leave as well. <laughs> Stambouli created two of Augsburg's best chances. The first one with uh, the failed like. Karate kick clearance. <laughs> Mascarell, the one that hit Mascarell. Uh, no, the I mean, the, I don't, I don't know if it was that one. That might have been a different. One. Oh, okay. There, there was one earlier where there was a cross that was played in. Right, right. And, and <laughs> the, I mean, there, there were two other Schalke players like between Stambouli and where the, the the nearest attacker was. The ball was going to be easily cleared by Becker, whoever was there. And Stambouli instead tries to, you know, reach his leg up to his head to clear it, which <laughs> creates like I think it, it was Richter or Vargas or something who was coming in the, and like got a shot to hit the post like right next yeah. to Fairman. I think it was Vargas, yeah. Yeah, there was a couple where it was just failed Stambouli clearances like leading to actual good shots on target. Um, and I think maybe it might have been 
do you remember do you remember the play earlier now i'm just picking on stambouli but you, you remember, do you remember <laughs> you, you have your notes don't you, <laughs> you remember, it was early in the first half i think i think malik chow tried to take the ball out and he slipped while he was dribbling yes and then, and then he tried to dish it off to a teammate as he was falling and I, I think he maybe just didn't see the augsburg player and it put us in a really bad situation so yes. it's not like stambouli's fault but um you, you know mascarell is the is the one who's marking like the the most dangerous runner. He's got the body on him. So Stan Bowley, in my opinion, I don't play center back, but you know, if you're not the guy who's directly, you know, putting a body on that, that most dangerous runner, you should maybe like, you know, turn your head at some point and see if there's anybody coming in behind you, if there's any yeah. other runners. Yeah. And he just like, I think it might've been Richter, like just runs right in front of him and past him and gets, and gets a one-on-one with Fairman who comes up with a big, like, I think it was a leg save yeah. Um, yeah. early in the match. And it's yeah. just kind of those plays. It's like, where, like, where is your head at that early in the game? Like, just look around. <laughs> And hopefully for Tiao's sake as well, you know, he learns not to make that mistake next time. You know, next time if you go down, either hold on to the ball or make sure it gets cleared somewhere else, like out of bounds. I mean, don't give it away like that in the middle of the pitch that you know, could lead to a uh, dangerous play like it was. But, yeah, that play by Sambuli, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking on that play. And, uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. Uh, you know, to Matt's credit, I agree with him, especially the last two games. Um, it felt like watching a team rather than a collection of players. Uh, you know, guys were playing more with each other, a lot of more give and goes, a lot more timed pressing. So it did look like some a more cohesive unit really on the pitch and that they were all on the same page for once, which is nice to see, right? Uh, so, yeah, it was, a, um, it was a right game. Um, I mean, we, one other thing we can rest our hat on is that Augsburg are currently 11th in the table. So that's good, right? Uh, I think last time we played them, they were towards the bottom. They were one of the bottom teams with us. So, you know, they've obviously improved, but uh, a win's a win. We get to play Freiburg next. Uh, they're also struggling this season as well. They're not as much as us, obviously, but uh, they just lost this past weekend to uh, a lowly team. I want to say Armenia, maybe, or somebody. Um, but yeah, uh, we got another chance to pull off another win here uh, just to keep things going, the momentum going. Um, what are your thoughts going into this weekend after you know the last couple of weeks of seeing you know progress, small progress? Yeah, I mean... Eh. That's really you have to constantly make sure you're framing it in the right context, right? I mean, the Leverkusen yeah. game was still a loss, Correct. and it wasn't a particularly great. But you know, it, against an opponent of that caliber, you were you were relatively pleased with with the effort, and, and the golf wasn't Massive. huge, yeah, huge at least. <laughs> and this game, once again, I mean, the, the one goal we score is is a pretty cheap goal from a from a random goalkeeper mistake. Um, outside of that, it is a very even game, so not a whole lot to get excited about. But yeah, th- there are small things that, that you're picking up on. Um, and yeah, the, the organization seems to be markedly improved. Now, does that mean that we're not going to see another defensive collapse at some point this season where we, where we ship, you know, three, four goals yeah. and we see that, you know, the Schalke 04 memes again on Twitter. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but, um, I have, I have liked the, the small improvements that I've seen and, and it's, it's, so, and that's, that's the sad statement on where we are is, you know, the comment from Matt here, it, it's like, wow, it's actually like watching you know, a, a team instead of just a collection of random, you random look like people. a Bundesliga team for once. <laughs> you you would hope that would be like the baseline, but it, it it's it's so often that you look around and you can't tell what the shape is, and people aren't oh seeming to be like moving in unison, which makes it so easy to pass around us and play through us, and and those things have been a little bit better. So, um, we'll take the small victories that we can. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. Uh, as you said, we got to take everything with a grain of salt. Um, you know, the positive news is Gramotzis gets his first win, which is nice to see. You know, for any any manager, you want to you want them to get their first win as soon as possible. It took us a while. Um, he's got four points now through whatever how many games he's got. Um, which is a sad statement is that he's got almost half of our points, and he's always been, he's won our fifth manager. <laughs> That's how bad it is right now. I mean, obviously. So we'll see. I mean, the Freiburg match will be interesting. They got some players that. Uh, 
uh, that can do damage. You know, Strike has always done really well against us, it seems like. Freiburg has a, a well-managed team. Even though when they're struggling, they still play well. Um, and they always seem to play us well, it seems like. A good thing for us, Leader Niederlechner, excuse me, um, no longer plays for them, but it doesn't matter. They can just find somebody else that can score on us. I mean, even, even a mid-table Freiburg is probably still an overachieving Freiburg based on the kind of resources that team has. Like Christian yeah. Strike, I mean, even, even if it's yeah. like a, a season that's not quite what we've come to expect the last couple of years for them, still Christian Strike's doing yeah. a good job. Oh, absolutely. He's one of the fan favorites, I would think. If not, uh, shame on you. <laughs> he's a he's a great manager, I think. So for what he's had to do, um, yeah. So um, game, big, like I said, game, another game this weekend. It's on Saturday, I believe, against Freiburg. Uh, we'll see how that game the game turns out. It's going to be uh, certainly interesting. I want. I'm curious more more about the lineups than anything else. Um, yeah. Anything else to add on this game or or the, or the Freiburg match? No. Okay. I'm good on that front. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's look at some uh, news now to end this uh, end this whole this whole thing here. First, let's get with the some of the the downer news and then some of the bigger one of the bigger news really from this week because there wasn't much going on. Um, Alexander Jobs came down and says that uh, he is stepping down uh, after his family has received many threats this year, and you know he said he doesn't feel at ease anymore. So as of June 30th, it will be his he will step down as uh, the marketing uh, director for Schalke. Um, that's big news because um, he's been with the club for over 10 years and uh, people are going to obviously say that he has been the reason why Shock has been struggling, blah, blah, blah. Maybe one of the reasons, not the reason, obviously, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't agree with that. And I think also it's never, it's never nice to hear, you know, people getting threats to their family because of f- football, soccer. Uh, that's the sad part to hear, but you know, uh, to see him stepping down after a while it is a big shocker. I think this week. I feel like he's somebody who, who may end up just kind of having a little bit of a complicated legacy, at yeah. Schalke. As you said, he's yeah. been there for a while. There's he gets a lot of credit for uh the growth of our brand internationally in certain areas and, and you know um some of the uh you know the financial issues aside, you know, some of the revenue, the high revenues that we able to bring in and everything. Um I but there's also I think a, a contingent of the fan base that views him as one of the main forces behind the calls for modernization of the club structure. Um, and so he's, he has a little bit of like a villain tag for those reasons. But from my understanding, he's somebody who's, who's fairly well thought of outside of Schalke. Um, yeah. and, uh, I mean, just look what he's done yeah, just to yeah. the American brand and, and, and North American brand over the last five to 10 years, you know, obviously they're trying to get to the American pool, which we're going to be grateful for. Right. I mean, we're obviously Schalke America, but you know, they're, they're trying, they're, they're trying different things. They're trying to, uh, stay with the trend of you know how things are going in the world these days with you know social media and this and that so you got to give him credit for that um yeah there's some things you want to hold against him but i think he's done a lot of good as well it's, it's hard to see that now with the condition we're in we're at right now but uh, i think he's done a lot of good and it's going to be like you said he's highly regarded outside of Schalke. yeah like along with you know peter canabal like he's one of the guys that i feel like as much as there have been calls for us to just you know, clean house and bring a lot of people from the outside to get their outside perspective yeah. in. I do think that Jobs was at least viewed as one of the guys who probably was fairly competent in his position, yeah. even if you always were, I mean, weren't a fan of him. So in that perspective, it's a loss. And, and um, as far as his reasons, like, you know, if, if there's, if there's validity to, to the, what he's saying about him and his family receiving threats from Schalke fans, then um, that's of course horrible. And, and it's, it's frustrating that there's people associated with us that, I think that's the right way to vent their frustration. So if that happens, then obviously on behalf of everybody, we apologize to him for that. But um, yeah, new age, man. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people that have been at the club for quite a while over the past couple of years have bowed out now. Clemens, Tony's and others. So 
Um, be interesting to see what happens going forward and, and what the new hierarchy and, and structure kind of looks like and what, what kind of tone gets set. Yeah, and now one of the names actually we were linked with in terms of managers, uh, Funkel, it looks like he signed with uh, somebody. Uh, was it Cologne? I don't remember. Somebody, one of the lowly, lowly team, maybe Mainz. Uh, he's joined them for the end of the season. So uh, anyway, that's uh, I just thought that was funny when I saw that uh, today. So you, you see Ragnik uh, scouting Tedesco this past weekend? Wasn't he up in Russia? Really? Oh, yeah, he might have been. Unless I was joking, I thought I was seeing screenshots of he was at like uh like the Moscow Derby or whatever. But like maybe, maybe that's one. That would he's gonna take over Moscow now? No, I don't know. <laughs> he's trying to find his revolution somewhere. Okay, and he's Tedesco's not a bad man to do it. I know. If he can, uh, if they can get them on the same page, so we'll see. <laughs> Keep an eye on that, I guess. Uh, but some to change the shift gears here from the Alexander Jobs to res- resigning. Uh, there was some good news then uh, also as well. Timo Becker, another youngster, signs an extension through 2023. Uh, that's good news. We get to, you know, we we're hoping that maybe him and and Tiao can uh, be the the solid core of the defense, you know, going forward. Especially with the way that the, these two have played this season, they've probably been the probably two of the better players overall as the season goes. Um, so that's a, that's great because Tiao signed an extension recently, right? Probably last month or so. So that's good to see both of them are signed up for at least for a little bit while longer, and uh, we're not gonna lose them for free anytime soon. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it, it's it's a joke, but it's also not a joke. Like, it's I, I mean, it, we're laughing, but we are bringing that up for I think for justifiable cause. The number of times that this has happened to us. I mean, how many Shaka, former Shaka players played in that PSG Byron game today? I mean, That's, come on. I mean, I mean you know, yeah. how many of them left yeah. for free, right? You know, so. Eric Maxim, Chupamoting, the legend, <laughs> just scoring goals right and left. He's starting for Bayern these days. Well, obviously somebody's hurt, but whatever. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it is kind of funny, but no, overall it's great to see Timo Becker again signed um, with that extension. Yeah, and, you know, happy for it. Hope we see some more of these youngsters get uh, some of these these signatures to make sure we play he, with them next year. He deserves it. Both him and and Thiago. I mean, we, we talked about it. Like there was a period of time earlier in the season where Becker was not necessarily a starting player at all, and he played him. He played himself into into contention. This is kind of most after um, uh, Killian Ludwig was kind of. You know, taken away post bomb, I think, but, but I mean, Becker played as well in the starting lineup and is now one of our most consistent performers. So it's it's well yeah. deserved, and uh, yeah, figures to be a big contributor going forward. Yeah, I mean, at, at time he's so competent in defense that he was actually playing, trying to do two jobs at once. His his job and Mustafi's job for a while. So uh, good for him, right? He getting that extension here. Jake says, uh, please message me how you two are going to be watching this fight the Bundesliga if ESPN doesn't come through next season. Uh, it'll probably be illegally in one of the bars, but we'll we'll figure it away. We'll we'll let you know uh, if we hear anything. Uh, Glenn says, "Yeah, in Canada they'll have no access as well." So I hope they get something figured out. Because um, yeah, we, we might all have to do crimes, but um, you know, barring yes. that, hopefully we can we can find a way to get it uh, some For legal access. Keeping this podcast too. going, right? <laughs> we will see. We'll see. Oh man! All right. <laughs> It wouldn't be bad for one season, just for nostalgia's sake. If I was watching, you know, pirated streams, click, <laughs> clicking out of pop-up ads every ten seconds. Yeah, do yeah. a live stream that way. Hold on, I gotta block the screen right here, real quick. Uh, so that would be fun to do. Uh, all right. Um, anything else, Jack? You want to talk about tonight? I mean, we it wasn't you know super crazy. The game was we won, but it wasn't you know it wasn't anything dominating. Uh, a couple news tidbits this week, but nothing nothing crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, some some big news, but I mean most of yeah, it. Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean. I, I don't know. Yeah, we we don't need to beat it to death, and uh, it, it's it's a nice brief moment of uh, feel good feelings. Feel good feelings. That was eloquent uh, for for a fan just base. Just like that, me, huh? That's, yeah, that's starved. Commentators commenting. Yeah, commentators commenting, man. <laughs> People just doing what they do. Uh, yeah. So uh, 
keep it short, keep it sweet. Everyone be happy. Good week. Hopefully we can keep going. Blue Calf, right? All right, so let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for the Shaka US newsletter. Uh, get news on the club, uh, all the latest and greatest from the local fan clubs across the US, Canada, North America in general. Uh, hear some news from our, our podcast and maybe hear some Spike the Bundesliga news in terms of where we can watch it because we are all desperately waiting to find some information on that. Uh, keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Uh, we'd like to thank Shock for providing this tidbits for our podcast tonight. Any topics you'd like us to discuss, any guests you'd like us to see on this podcast, uh, send us a tweet at Shock America. Uh, we are more than happy to oblige. Uh, Jack, uh, did you ever give your shout out to NBC4 Nashville there or get your friend to go there and visit? No, I don't think he did. Ah, I'll make I'll make the pilgrimage one of these days, and I'll I'll probably have a strongly word. I think I'll be in the area and actually, so I may have to go there too. Get it, get it, get a picture in front of there if you can. That'd be good for the good for the culture. But <laughs> uh, if all us fails with the broadcast rights, one of us can just go live in Germany for a year, and we'll record all the all the games on hand cam footage shakily, and we'll distribute them to uh, all of our listeners on VHS in the mail. There we that'll go. Be, that'll be how we can watch the games. There we go. If anyone has contacts with Irvin, uh, tell him hook up with us so we can maybe get him to hold the camera for us. You know, he has uh, more access to it. So, <laughs> uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. And as always, you can follow me at R underscore K H A R M A N anywhere on social media. And, uh, for those watching on YouTube, thank you. And everyone who's uh, listening to our podcast, thank you again for following us this season. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, please uh, subscribe, like, leave comments on the YouTube page. It'd be very much appreciated. We'll try to bring out some more videos here, especially as the uh, the season winds down here. We hope to have some uh, some special videos here coming out. So uh, maybe some history, maybe some other things. We'll see. Uh, but until the next podcast comes, my friends, stay ready. And we'll be with you soon. Shoes. Shoes.